Welcome to Design Your Life, the podcast where we explore the essential role design plays in our everyday lives and how, if harnessed correctly, has the power to positively transform the way that we live, design better businesses and sustainable solutions for the planet. We speak to creative entrepreneurs around the world about how they inspire their ideas to life and how they make it all work and the role design plays in their lives. I'm your host, founder of Frost Collective and author of Design Your Life, Vince Frost. At Frost Collective, we are dedicated to designing a better world. Our specialist teams work across branding, strategy, place visioning and wayfinding, solving problems with empathy and creativity to design experiences that benefit people, business and the planet. And as a proud certified B Corp, we meet the highest environmental and social standards by balancing profit with our purpose to design a better world. To find out more, head to frostcollective.com.au. Welcome to today's episode of Design Your Life. Today I catch up with Craig Andrade, the ex-lawyer turned Australian native botanical fragrance entrepreneur behind the brilliant brand, The Raconteur. Today, Craig and I chat about how he redesigned his life after 25 years of a seriously successful career in law. The power of the scent in affecting your mood, confidence, and how it takes you on journeys through your memory, and last but not least, our Frost Chapters candle that we recently collaborated on to produce. A three-layered candle, like chapters in a book, inspired by my favorite films, music, and poems, which I hope will inspire you when you burn it and connect you with memories and moments and emotions. Today I'm super excited to have Craig here on our vodcast, Design Your Life. Um, Craig is an incredible guy, previously a lawyer, which we'll talk about shortly. Um, started this brand, The Raconteur, a couple of years ago, uh, which is an incredible uh, brand. And we've been working closely on a project in Sydney uh, for our own Frost uh, collaborative with The Raconteur, with Craig. And it's been really, really exciting to do that. Craig, it's been so cool to catch up with you. Welcome to Design Your Life. Thanks, Vince. Good to be here. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Well, we just came from the studio uh, down the road where you talked to my whole team about the power of scent uh, and the importance of it and how it affects our moods. And let's just talk about, we'll talk about the, unpack that in a little while, but how did you start out in your life and your career? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a, it's not a linear, it's not a linear answer. Um, so look, I guess I started out as a lawyer I uh, worked in private practice for about 25 years, working in New York, London, South Africa, and Australia, uh, and I uh, was doing private equity, capital markets, basically corporate work in all those cities, um, and sort of got to a point in my career uh, where I was, I guess, sort of looking at the model for how we recognize what it is we do. Uh, which in a legal firm is billable hour culture. Your your worth is measured purely based on the hours you work rather than the creative output you bring to any conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I just started to become aware of a gap for me personally um, as to what I thought um, was more and more important to me. And what was missing was the creative output. And so I started to, you know, have my classic midlife crisis going, I just don't think this is what I want to be doing with the rest of my life. Mm. 
um, and started to explore what it was that I could do creatively. Um, I wanted to be an architect but couldn't draw. Um, my high school art teacher said, mate, give it up. So I did. Um, it was brutal. It was before computers, I think, uh, before we had the ability to draw. Um, and, uh, I guess, you know, I'd, I'd, I took up photography at university. Uh, did a lot of landscape photography as a hobby just to kind of find my creative outlet. Mm -hmm. Um, but as, you know, as I got older, I kept reflecting on all of this and just feeling a part was missing and, through my love of cooking uh, and gardening, you know, I guess I hadn't joined the dots that the aromatic profile of what sits whenever you cook and what sits whenever you're working with plants and you're sort of surrounded by this, um, those dots are sort of joined a bit later um, when I decided to do a candle making course mm -hmm. um, with a lovely friend uh, who you know well, a lovely Elise from Maison Belzac. Yeah. Um, just one of the most gorgeous souls I think I know. Um, and, you know, I remember doing this candle making course, uh, and something happened when I added the fragrance to the candle. And I just remember having this physiological reaction and I couldn't explain what was happening, but I just noticed the power of scent to transform my mood, my mind, and I guess in that moment, I just felt there was a deep spiritual connection going on. Mm. And I, I decided to look into that further. So yeah. that's how it all started. And it's amazing because you wouldn't, wouldn't think that a candle could be reinvented or discovered. Like, <laughs> that's right. Like you kind of like, it's like a chair. You go, how many more yeah. chairs do we need in this world? I mean, yeah. but you found something unique. It's something that really triggered the... I guess your purpose and mm. you connected with it. So how did you then make that shift from being a lawyer? Did you just walk in there one day and say, that's it. I found my calling. Well, I guess because I, yeah, I mean, I probably, I'm a pretty hard marker when it comes to, um, you know, I guess anything I do. So I probably set the bar pretty high around if I'm going to do this, I need to do it really well. Mm. Um, so I thought, well, if I'm going to do this, I might as well learn from the best. And so I went to the grass Institute in France mm -hmm. To learn, I guess, uh, these skills that go into creating, designing, making a fragrance and learning about the world of ingredients. Um, so that's where I started. Um, and I remember we had this moment in class when we were going around talking about what comes from where. Uh, and my teacher, who was this lovely lady who uh, ran the Chanel perfume lab for mm -hmm. 30 years, uh, we got to Australia and she said, oh, they've got sandalwood, baronia and eucalyptus. And without thinking, I just put my hand up and jumped in with, you know, excuse me, ma'am, but uh, we've got we got a few more. Mm. And she said, like, what? And so I rattled off, you know, Kunzia, Fragonia, Buddha wood, the Myrtle family. And I guess she looked at me and she said, we've never heard of any of those. Incredible. And so I guess I, you know, sort of felt bad and want to show the teacher up. So I just, you know, was like, whatever. And then she called me over afterwards and I thought, oh, I'm in trouble now. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, she just said, look, these are really interesting ingredients you've t spoken about. Um, that's a, 
that's fascinating. Like, tell me more because we don't know about that. Mm -hmm. And I guess coming out of that conversation, there was this strong support from her to go, well, you should explore that further and you should take that story to the world mm. because we don't know that story. And so I came back with a, you know, bee in my bonnet thinking, okay, I've got an idea. There's something original here. Yeah. And to your point, I did think, does the world need another candle? Generally, the answer is no, unless you're doing something that is moving the needle from zero to one that doesn't exist. I think that's the power of original thinking yeah. and, and having a great, you know, output. So that's how, that's sort of the next chapter of where I got the confidence to explore. Yeah, it's really interesting because it's such a, such a change, isn't it? A real yeah. pivot. Yeah. Did you did you look at other options or just candles <laughs> What other courses did you do? Yeah, no, I I I didn't because I guess I felt the connection between uh what I guess my childhood had been informed by, which was, you know, being in the garden, growing up uh cooking and really loving cooking, I guess all the aromatic aspects to those formative experiences they all came together when I really started to understand raw materials, the odor profile of everything, and how we can work with science and art, understand geography, mm. understand you know ancient civilization and practices around the significance of raw materials. There's so much complexity in all of that that my brain was just on fire going, this is insane, mm. it's complex, and it's highly engaging. So I didn't feel like I needed to pivot further. I'd already pivoted 180 degrees, yeah. and I was like, this is just so engaging. I'm ready to jump in. What was the corporate world like before? <laughs> I mean, you were, I said you were 25 years um, in the job that you were doing. And I, funny enough, I watched last night a couple of videos of you, I think, presenting in your suit. <laughs> You're a totally different guy. Like yeah, your right. aura is so different. You're, you're yeah. casual now. You're relaxed. Yeah. You seem yeah. confident. You, um, yeah. It, it's interesting to see that transformation. Mm. But were you? Did you feel like what was nagging you? What was what was the thing? Was it was it happening more and more frequently over time that you were just going, "This is not what I want to do." Yeah, I think, I think the look. I mean, I think the culture of a business model where your worth is measured purely mm. on the hours you work. I, you know, while I was able to work in that culture for 25 years, I think at some point uh, they just got they just got to this point going, this just can't be what the rest of my life is going to be about. Mm. Um, I didn't think that was a meaningful exchange of value. Yeah. Uh, I think that so obviously got a bit critical around the model. Um, it's a fairly inflexible model, so you kind of have to work out, well, is this what I want to do or not? And so that was a bit of a push factor. I think the 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 gap, if you like, or the pull was at heart, I'm a very creative person. And I guess I chose a career which was also something I loved. I loved the law. I loved the practice of the law, the problem solving, the complexity of what I did. But I guess I felt an enormous part of me was not being listened to or able to express itself. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's generally just, you know, I was a partner in the world's largest law firm yeah. working, you know, 12 hour days to 18 hour days sometimes. Um, and you know, the highs and the lows of those peaks and troughs of work leave very little room for anything else. And so I think when I just started to reflect on, as I said, you know, this classic midlife crisis going, 
what else do I want to do? Mm. I just sort of felt the gap of me needed to be explored further. Mm. And it was a powerful enough part of my identity that I was willing to do lots of therapy <laughs> and mm. let go of those pillars of my identity that I'd had to date and go, well, it's time to let go of that. It's time to take a step into the unknown, back yourself, follow your heart mm. and and dive in, learn. Yeah. And I guess really for me, the heart of all of this is, I suppose, if you're passionate about something and you're curious, then it's the curiosity of, of, of that approach to life, which I think leads to to everything. Mm. Um, so it's curiosity, which you can't suppress. Mm -hmm. Curiosity helps you read. It helps you smell everywhere you go. I mean, don't go on a bushwalk with me because yeah. I will be stopping every two minutes to crush and smell yeah. and be left behind. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of how, well, it, how we got it's there. interesting too, because obviously in that, in that firm that you're in, you would have been, you would have been, I know you're talking about charging by the hour, <laughs> but it would have been a very lucrative career. Sure. Um, and it's interesting that you, because you started, you went off and started a new business, the raconteur, no guarantee of success, right? So sure, sure. It's like you followed your heart. Um, I always say that if I, I would still do what I do, because I'm obviously a credit person in a credit business, I'd still do it if money wasn't part of the equation. You know, if I could do mm. it, I'd still love it. Mm. I, I obviously, you try to encourage other people to find their way. I mean, mm. how many people would have done a career like yours and just not had the confidence or found the thing that they really, really wanted to do. Can, mm. And often people come to me in, at uh, the latter uh, time of their life and say that they never found their thing. Mm. And that's a terrible, it's terribly mm. sad, I think, isn't it? Mm. Well, look, I mean, that's right. I mean, I suppose it takes, um, I mean, yes, a lot of therapy to work through these yeah. issues because yeah. you have to confront your identity. You yeah. confront the choices you've made, the decisions you've made. Uh, you've got to confront all that and, and question that. And you need, you need a very supportive family around you and friends who, who support you through, through that because you're basically re-examining your life. Yeah. And when you talk about designing your life, you know, there may be chapters and, and there's a chapter of that, which I love and don't regret. And it gave me incredible opportunity. Mm -hmm. I've met incredible people. I lived all around the world. Uh, I can't take anything away from that. But I also know that chapter came to an end yeah. and I was ready for it to come to an end. Uh, and I suppose, you know, since then, so many other lawyers come into my shop and say, I wish I could do what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did you do it? Yeah. And so there are loads, I've had investment bankers, I've had lawyers, I've had, I mean, I've had a number of my former clients who've just applauded me and thanked me for, you know, I guess, finding the courage to do it, mm -hmm. who respect my decision. Uh, and colleagues and peers, you know, I suppose, you know, the surprise was when just a number of people were dropping by saying, how did you do it? Because mm. I wish I could do the same. And that's to your point that I think you got to be a little bit brave to be willing to have that conversation yeah. and not be afraid of the answer, which could be it's time to move on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No matter how much people around you supporting you, no matter how much therapy you've had, <laughs> it's still a bloody hard thing to do. And often people don't make that decision sure. and don't move forward because of that. And you get sucked back into your comfort zone. Sure. But it's amazing to see, not only have you made that move, but you've like in a incredibly short period of time, like two years, yeah. have created a very successful brand. I mean, yeah. it, for the last two years, I see you in all kinds of <laughs> magazines and supplements and, you know, mm. uh, 
So w w why has it been so successful? Did you plan it that way? As it just well, of course I planned it. <laughs> <laughs> I totally planned it that way. Yeah. No, I guess. Well, the other crazy thing is we had a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And what was fascinating about this is um, we had a pandemic and I guess I remember going to my partner saying, look, I'm going to retire and, you know, I, people were like, what are you going to do? And I said, oh, you know, and I didn't really want to talk about it because I was so nervous mm. about whether it would be successful or not. You know, I just wanted to go and apply myself and quietly achieve and let my work speak for itself. And um you know, I remember the Financial Review did a, a beautiful profile piece on me and um, uh, I guess it sort of allowed me to, quote unquote, come out uh, as a candle maker yeah. uh, to the world and it was a wonderful moment and I remember just the phone just didn't stop ringing after that with just congratulations and support. To your question about why has it been successful, look, I guess the pandemic taught us that one of the well, one of the side effects of getting COVID is losing your sense of smell, mm. and what the pandemic uh, showed us was how important our sense of smell was, because smell uh, and taste are linked. So when you taste food, about seventy percent of that experience is an aromatic experience mm. where you're processing the aroma from food, which your brain is processing as mm. well. So when taste suddenly was on the menu of something that was compromised and it was connected to smell, all of a sudden, two pretty main parts of how we live was on the agenda for something that everybody had to pay attention to and mm -hmm. care about. Mm -hmm. So what we found during the pandemic is our business you know, really took off in that sense because we found that home fragrance as a category fragrance for the skin, small ways to enhance the routines of your life mm. uh, with ritual, self-care, and an uplifting way to approach um, that whole negative spiral of what the pandemic did yeah. to so much of us. Um, this is where scent came in, into its own. And this was a worldwide experience, not yeah. just for me and for my brand. This was a worldwide phenomenon. And I didn't plan the pandemic, but clearly... There was an amazing opportunity here for my business to take a bit of a spotlight, do something quietly, and let it let the work stand for itself. Yeah, it's incredible, and I think uh, uh, equally at the same time, uh, we were forced to be in our homes, and mm. some people were uncomfortable with that. People over time learned to be comfortable with their home, and also then invest in their home more. Sure. And so, obviously, bringing a, a scent into your home can really change the mood and feel feel like a, a gift to your household, I guess, and that uplifting aspect of that. That's right. And so that's, you know, what we'll be touching on here is the power of scent to really tap into emotional well-being. And so scent has an ability. And so this is where, you know, the, the amazing part of our sensory system, our olfactive system is connected to the front of the brain where we process memory and emotion. And it's the only sensory system we have that does that. And so there, there are two, I like to think of scent as there's two big things going on. One is just the power of scent to enhance your mood, your emotion, uh, and, and just transform the experience in that moment of what's happening to you, to uplift, mm. to calm, to ground, de-stress, to invigorate, to energize, to assist with concentration. That's sort of one part of the functional benefits of working with natural ingredients and perfumery. The other is that scent and storytelling through scent allows us to also escape and connect us to memory. 
And so, or to take us to a place we may not have been. Mm. And so scent, when we're in lockdown and we've been locked in our homes, yeah. scent is a powerful tool to take us back to Bondi Beach, to take us back to Tasmania, mm. to take us back to Hamilton Island, yeah. to take us to the Red Centre, to take us to Margaret River. You know, scent as a powerful tool or even further afield, right? Mm. All yeah. of our travel. So the beauty of, of scent is this wonderful, uplifting tool to connect us to, to those sorts of memories. Yeah. And yeah, at the time you were based in on Pittwater. Yeah. In this beautiful <laughs> heritage house. And you're around the corner uh, at Monovel is your factory. Is it a factory? What yeah. A candle making shop? No, studio. Atelier, yeah. I think Atelier. we say. <laughs> That's so right. obviously you're naturally, you're naturally kind of wanted to be close to nature. Yeah. It's important for you. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I remember, uh, I mean, this house was an extraordinary home. Um, it's called Ventnor. It's the oldest house in Sydney on the Northern beaches. Really? Wow. Uh, it was built in the 1860s. Uh, and, you know, I guess for me, it was perched on this ridge between Lovett Bay and Alvina Bay on the edge of the Karingai National Park. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it's a very special home, obviously, with great history, great bones and beautiful energy, um, you know, with a 150-year-old Port Jackson fig tree. Mm. And every day I got to connect with nature. And whether it was going for a swim or a paddle off my jetty or a walk to a waterfall, which was, you know, five minutes from my house or up to the top of the ridge mm. where there are beautiful sandstone carvings um, from our First Nations people, one of mm. the largest rock art collections in Sydney. This was just an extraordinary gift. Yeah. And I guess I felt very privileged to have that opportunity, but it helped me stay pretty grounded mm-hmm. and it helped me stay pretty, um, you know, I suppose content with the simple beauty that nature gave back to me. Mm. And I was, you know, to be honest, it was a, a very special time mm. to have that, that yeah. opportunity. It's a very gentle place. And, mm. I, and I feel like, I feel like your brand's very gentle, mm. um, if I can say that. But it, the raconteur is not such a gentle thing. What, what is the meaning of raconteur and how does sure. that name come about? Yeah, so well, the raconteur means the storyteller, as you know. And I guess when I was thinking about what do I call this thing? So I had the idea. I knew I wanted to, to be you know, talking about Australian native botanicals. Yeah. I knew that that was the story I wanted to celebrate. Um, and I kept thinking, so I want to talk about Australian botanicals. I want to tell that story. I want to tell that story. And I kept going what's another word for storyteller? And then I kept thinking, uh, you know, so I was going round and round in circles, a few bottles of wine later. And I remember obviously stumbling across the raconteur and thinking, ah, here's a word in English and French, which is pronounced the same. Right. It's spelt the same. Yeah. And here's a nice way for me to acknowledge the role of the French in perfumery with a word which can connect to both cultures, yeah. but which ultimately means and has great meaning for what I'm going to do, yeah. which is tell a great story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always thought raconteur was someone like a bit of a dealer, kind of market, kind of trader, kind of guy. Well, there's that too. (laughs) (laughs) Create a racket. Um, We're in the shop. We're actually not in the shop, but we have on this wonderful background here, uh, your shop in William Street in Paddington. Mm. Uh, Spectacular shop. Um, And, you know, you just obviously designed it to encapsulate your brand, not Mm. just the product, but you've got an incredible eye. I mean, where, did, where does this all come from? Has this just been like an incredible opportunity to express yourself across in the physical space? Yeah, I think, well, this is the frustrated architect who never yeah. got to, to, to realize those dreams. And I mean, 
you know, I am one of those people who will walk into any space and immediately start thinking about how to redesign it and move stuff around. So I, I guess um, interiors and aesthetics and and the approach to, to life for me has always been highly, highly aesthetic. Um, but the the concept for this store was also really about if I, I just sort of felt if I was going to do a retail environment, I didn't want to just put products on shelves. Mm. You know, I just sort of felt those days were over. Really, we were coming out of a pandemic. Yeah. And everyone was saying, well, why would you do bricks and mortar? The world's moved yeah. to online. I'm like, well, no, it hasn't. Yes, it has. But no, it hasn't. What we're craving are unique experiences. And what we're craving are warm, inclusive environments which stimulate us and engage us. Not every experience has to be transactional. And I guess I felt that I wanted a space that I would love going to where I could showcase Australia's botanicals on all five senses. Mm -hmm. And so we've got things in the store which are combined visual art. We've got food ingredients, um, our native food ingredients. So we've got taste. Uh, we've obviously got scent covered. We've got beautiful fiber art from the Jumpy Desert Weavers. So it's tactile, beautiful things to, to touch. We've got books to educate and inform. Uh, and then on sound, um, we've got the sound of my voice when I teach. <laughs> so wow. I just felt um, there was, the, I mean, I am working on a concept for an incredible uh, soundtrack that we're developing connected to nature. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's more to come. Um, but I just wanted to showcase, you know, even the tumbleweeds, you know, something as simple as tumbleweeds, which just, you know, roll around in the desert, something which is a weed but which had a life, mm -hmm. is now dead, but has a sculptural beauty. Yeah. And it's about seeing beauty in a different way, yeah. seeing beauty through all five senses, all connected to our beautiful, rugged landscape. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you, it's a year old, the shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as you say, kind of you opened it, what, just the end of the pandemic? Or yeah, just, just as we came out of lockdown in September, we opened it. And it's one year old, yeah. But that, that's kind of brave, isn't it? Like, yeah, totally. Because we could have gone straight back into another lockdown. Sure. You just were confident that this is the thing to do. I just had a view, I suppose. I just knew this was right. It's, it's regardless of whether anyone came through that door, I knew I had to do this for me. Mm. You know, this was also about my ability to communicate who I am and what I'm doing and what I'm passionate about. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I am a bit of a believer that if you build it, people will come. Yeah. I think if you're authentic and honest and you have integrity around your products and what you're trying to ultimately communicate, which is just showing us all the beauty of our backyard and showing us all a series of aromatic ingredients and perfumery that very few people know about. And I just felt that as Australians, as tourists visiting this country, why wouldn't you want to know more about that story? Yeah. It's a beautiful story yeah, yeah. and we can all relate to it. We can all share in it. So I thought, let's yeah. do it. And obviously in the kind of a, a such a beautiful street, that William Street. Yeah. It's, it's like the perfect street. Yeah. I can't imagine it. Any, yeah. Street. Yeah, exactly. It feels Euro European. Um, yeah. yeah it's, it's like, it just feels so right. And yeah. I guess all the feelings is what this is about, right? It's mm. not, might be some logic there. Mm. Uh, there might be a great business plan, but ultimately mm. you're creating a brand that people feel that That's interact right. with. Yeah. Let's talk about designing for the senses because obviously as a design company, as a branding company, we're constantly designing or redesigning brands and, and places and uh, environments, et cetera. And 
And so we talk about the fact that it's not just about typography, not just about a logo. Mm. A brand is a living entity, uh, and scent is a very important part of that. Mm. So is sound, uh, and so is touch, of course. But how do we get better as um, designers, as human beings, at embracing our senses and designing for them as opposed to you know, inflicting a brand onto uh, so to people? Well, I think, well, I guess the for me, this is about awareness. Mm-hmm. At its heart, I think, again, coming out of the pandemic, I think we were all made far more aware about all five of our senses mm-hmm. because when you cut people off from each other yeah. and you isolate people, you lock them up in their homes, you're creating a weird environment where our ability to connect has been compromised. So all of a sudden we're in, we're in, we're in our homes, we're still trying to work, we're still trying to transact, but we've lost the ability to be physically close to people. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, uh, for me, there's a lot of inward reflection that comes from that. And I guess what my response to that was, you know, we put out a couple of uh, EDMs on our database, which was sort of first aid kits for the pandemic. Yeah, cool. And they were all about all five senses. Yeah. So we sort of try to lead a discussion about all five senses, how important they are. Here was nourishment on all five senses for just stuff we recommended that we were doing and we just wanted to, I guess, you know, offer that sort of um, type of advice and just, just put it out there. And I guess for me, when we think about designing for brands, you know, I just think, I mean, we've worked with a lot of brands around town, ranging from Ben Long at the Opera House mm. to, you know, Fire Door with Lennox, Pass Paley, mm-hmm. working with Tourism Australia right now. We've yeah. just done a big project for Lexus. Yeah. So these range from uh, brands which are focused on ingredients, so perhaps the chefs and the food-related mm-hmm. brands, through to venues like the Opera House, uh, through to a car brand like Lexus, all wanting to communicate their identity, mm-hmm. in this case, through scent. Yeah. And I guess I feel that this is just an enormous part of who we are, our physiology. Mm-hmm. And while we've been dominated, we dom- our, our, our approach to life is generally dominated through a visual realm. And so that's how most of us process life is visuals first. Um the, the pandemic has taught us that scent is an important part of who we are. Mm-hmm. So if we can tap into that, we have a better and a more elevated way to understand life yeah. and to tap into who we are. Yeah. And as a brand, um, I guess I just, my view is that every brand, uh, if it, if it hasn't, hasn't already, should be exploring, is there an aromatic approach to defining who we are mm-hmm. that we should be talking about? Yeah because it enhances the overall brand experience, mm-hmm. potentially takes it into people's homes, um, but it just showcases more of a 360-degree approach to how do you see something. Yeah. It's not just one-dimensional. It's not just visual. It's yeah. more. And it, it creates that connection, uh, a me- more meaningful connection. Sure. And that point of difference, which we're all looking for. Yeah. We're all trying to find that unique point of difference. We're not all the same. Correct. No, br- no two brands are the same. Even though we look the same. Yeah, well, actually, the same. Today. I should have said in the very beginning, we're, we're not related in any yeah, way. We and whenever be. we meet, we seem to be wearing the same clothes, <laughs> for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. So sustainability, too. It's sustainable. We're living in a time now when, you know, the, the environment is under enormous pressure. We need to make shift and change urgently to um, design a better world. Mm-hmm. Um, your products are locally sourced um, 
botanicas, mm-hmm. um, botanicals, um, soy wax, mm-hmm. etc. So can you talk about that? Sure. So I guess our approach to sustainability is it starts with design. And by that, I mean, we will look at ingredients which are currently endangered or threatened uh, on the red list and basically exclude them because we won't work with plants that are threatened or endangered. Uh, We'll then look at, I guess, all of our packaging. Of course, we'll look at the paper sourcing. We'll look at biodegradability. Uh, We've gone through a process to eliminate as much plastic in our workplace as we can. Mm -hmm. But then, I guess, so we get to every aspect of the product and its packaging, of course, but it all starts with design first. Mm -hmm. And then when we sell our products, we have a recycle and refill program Uh, where for us, we allow any of our customers to return their products back to us in their original containers. Uh, we will then remake those products in those containers, send them back to them, uh, and for a 30% discount on the price. Mm. So we try to encourage, I guess, a more purposeful approach to consumption and just trying to ensure that there's just reuse going on as well. Uh, we also make a number of ing- a number of fragrances which are limited edition. The idea behind those is to really showcase ingredients that are rare and very special. And so we only make a limited number of the products. They're priced accordingly because they're rare and special. And the idea is to show a reverence for nature. Mm-hmm. So this is not about quick consumption, use every drop of that fragrance and be done and ordered in a week. This is about use it for a year. Take as long as you want because there's only going to be 250 bottles of that and then it's gone. So savor it. Yeah, amazing. Um, We've recently collaborated. Um, I've been really excited this year on some of the collaborations we've done with MUD uh, and other organizations, uh, books, etc., um, but I approached you about a year ago, and we sat down at your wonderful uh, place uh, in Wyndham Street, and we talked about doing a candle and doing that together and what might that look like. And being an inquisitive person asking questions, I kind of t- talked, we talked about kind of, you know, why? <laughs> what is it? Um, talking about candles and how they're made, et cetera, and kind of was quite intrigued by the fact that every candle has one scent. You know, you, you do a lot of work in creating uh, a candle, and that one candle um, has different kind of sensory tones throughout it. But um, we, we talked about books and we talked about publishing. We talked about, you know, something that I feel a real affinity with. You know, dad was a letterpress printer and designed loads of books over time as well. And the idea of storytelling, literally storytelling in a candle uh, and what could be the multiple stories that could come from that. And we talked about this idea of having chapters and to have three chapters within the candle. So within the one candle, right. there is three layers, literally one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually called it chapters. Yeah. And we've actually, it's being launched, this podcast is coming out slightly before the launch, but it's in production right now in Sydney. Uh, really, really excited about that because the uh, we talked about this and, and you said that it hadn't been done before, whether mm. I had or not, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I went back to, to Craig with um, nine ideas. I got very excited about the themes. And so there was like- I got terrified. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It went very quiet for a bit there. Um, yeah, we're talking about cities, you know, a candle that had three cities or music that had three tracks or film that had three films or books, etc. So we he came back with nine of those, which was phenomenal and really hard to sit in the studio and smell them over time and trying to work out 
which is the one felt much more much an affinity with mm. um, because obviously there's the logic in them but mm. equally it's something you got to feel feels mm. right for mm. you um, we we ended up doing this one candles um, obviously films um, and music and books mm. and it was really exciting because I, I said to Craig you know what would pulp fiction smell like what would jaws smell like what would fight club smell like and you took it very seriously. You didn't smirk. You didn't laugh. You didn't tell me to F off. Uh, you went away for quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> a year. <laughs> and they probably thought about what the hell is I doing. Yeah. But it was really interesting going like, well, what does those the smell like? What is mm. the music? What is um, mm. um, hold on, Wild just, Woods? Wild, Wild Woods by Paul Weller smell like? Perfect you know? Day, Lou Reed. Yeah. I mean, th- this was an incredible brief because... I guess uh, music was so hard because, I mean, the tracks were incredible. You know, I listened to, you know, Perfect Day, uh, you know, and I was listening to my car and I just, it was sublime. I mean, I think I just just burst into tears. Like it was just so moving. Well, it's just such a powerful song, right? And the pressure as well. (laughs) (laughs) And I just kept thinking, how do you capture this moment in scent? So it was a really hard brief, uh, and it was really it was really challenging. And I guess I started to then unpack each of the songs you had given me, and listen to them, listen to the lyrics, of course, try to get closer to the meaning behind each song, mm-hmm. um, and then think about how do we tell that story with ingredients, and that's what we've done. And similarly with the the films, I mean, they're iconic. Uh, and I just thought again, what a, it did, it said so much about you. I thought what was interesting that we had so much of your personality sitting here and really trying to decode the meaning from those preferences and what it said about you. So a fascinating, interesting, complex, but really complex complex, with a capital C and, but just really, really beautiful way to think about the lateral, the lateral sort of shift from the visual medium of films, mm-hmm. from the oral experience of sound, and to bring and from from you know I guess uh, we had films, we've got books, we've got music, to bring all that together with aroma, and to look at ingredients which have meaning and significance over time and or emotional resonance. Mm. It's fascinating. So how, how so, did you work out those specific ingredients? Because you've got, there must yeah. be like 10 ingredients per, per scent layer. Yeah. So I guess part of, part of the meaning, I mean, obviously I know, I know our time is, is limited, but um, if we take music, for example, the theme behind, so some of the songs, we've got Wild Woods from Paul, we've got Close to Me, The Cure, we've got Perfect Day, Lou Reed, Wild Horses, The Rolling Stones, all incredible songs. There's an overarching theme in those songs about uh, love. Mm -hmm. There's an overarching theme about the challenges of love, when things break down, Mm -hmm. when things go well. So there's heartache and tragedy in this. You're going to make me cry now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a complex set of songs about the beauty of relationships Mm -hmm. and when they're perfect and when they're imperfect. and so that sort of took me down a path of really looking at ingredients of which ingredients symbolize love. And that's your rose, right? Probably at its most classic form. But there's also, there's, there's tragedy and heartbreak in some of this. And some of the tracks do go to, you know, um, some of that bitterness 
So we've got a beautiful Artemisia in here, which is a bitter, green, savory herb, mm. which is beautiful in its own way, but on its own, a bit pungent. Mm. Um, but when worked beautifully with other ingredients, it provides comfort. Mm. So there's layering in here. I guess I threw an alcoholic note in this, the rum accord. <clears throat> Rock and roll. Because I felt, exactly, and I felt with all of this, well, certainly there would be alcohol involved. Yeah. Uh, and so little things like that. I guess I looked at the time when some of these songs were released, early 70s, mm-hmm. patchouli. Well, of yeah. course we had yeah, to have yeah, patchouli. Yeah. So we've got beautiful notes like this which help bring it all together. I wanted to have some woody note references, obviously, because some of these songs are about getting out of the woods, following your path. Um, So we've got sandalwood in here, which is probably one of my Australian sandalwood, one of my favorite ingredients. And then because it's sort of like quicksand, some of this relationship stuff is like quicksand. We've got vetiver, which is a grass, grows in sand. Mm -hmm. uh, And I kind of like the idea of visually walking through that grass as you struggle through Mm. this relationship territory. So incredibly beautiful ingredients, all with meaning, um, but which came from an exceptional brief. Well, incredible. Thank God you you did what you did. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's like, it's such, there's such a science to that, although it's so much about nature uh, and there's so much rigor behind that. Mm. Um, You know, when you collaborate with people, there's kind of, there's yin and yang, isn't there? Sure. you know, one part plays, uh, you know, you play different parts in this. And, and so it's been wonderful to catch up with you, um, to, to, to work with you on this project. And we've got another one coming out the following year, which would be really exciting, uh, depending how this all goes. <laughs> but I'm really excited. I'm, I'm really, it's been such a wonderful uh, opportunity to catch up with you, Craig, as well. Um, I think that it's incredible to see you go from strength to strength, to find your calling. Uh, to, to listen to the inner voice and, and make those kind of hard decisions to kind of change your career like you have and to be investing the time and energy into what you love doing and seeing how many how it resonates with so many people. Mm. You know, it's incredible. I mean, do you have you designed your life, do you think? I think I've designed chapter two of my life uh, and I feel like um, I, I have such a, a more heightened sense of what I'm doing with my time, what I'm focusing on, um, so I've moved well beyond sort of an aesthetic appreciation for life into meaning mm-hmm. and kind of kind of getting back to the heart of, of who I am as an individual and what matters to me. So that's what I mean when, when we talk about designing your life. Yeah. yeah. So yes, to be continued. I don't yeah, know what yeah. chapter three looks like, but well, that's chapter two. Yeah, possibly yeah. you'll reinvent yourself again. Sure. Um, but um, it'd be interesting. Have you got a, Have you got like a business plan? I mean, I imagine being a lawyer that you'd have a really solid business plan. Yeah. You know, I did. I started with one and I had, uh, you know, I, I reviewed them for a living. So yes, I had one. And then soon realized part of my strategy where I thought demand would lie didn't materialize. So I quickly had to pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I, I have a series of notes on my phone and I just have categories of opportunity. And I, whenever I've, you know, wherever I am in life, if there's a set of ideas, I think the hardest thing is often remembering what those great ideas were. You wake up the next morning, you go, gee, remember that great thing that I said yesterday? Mm. So I do try and pay attention to my own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And in a world of exceptional distraction uh, with technology, I, I try and have very dedicated days with minimal technology. And I'll dedicate an entire day to 
just checking the phone once in the morning, off for the day. And it's literally an immersion into what's happening in my brain and my creative thought processes. Um, and then putting my head up at the end of the day to see what came out of that. So, yeah. 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 Amazing. I think that's a really good piece of advice in terms of detoxing from yeah. technology because it's, it's around us everywhere. Uh, we get consumed, we totally get consumed by it sure. and it's become everything for us. I'm really, really inquisitive about how people are going to interact with this particular candle that we've done together because yeah. there are three layers, mm. there's three stories. Sure. Um, I've smelled, I took one with me on a business trip recently and I, and I, and I smelt, I had it burning at my parents' house in Sussex and I'd be really kind of intrigued to see how, how people well, they think of that transition mm. from layer one to two, or sure. story one to two, and then two to three, mm. and and what that uh, that that combination of the two smells is really interesting. Yeah. It's not something that you, I guess, you can design it, but there's also something that just happens, mm. a chemical reaction, or or that trans transformation of a, sm a smell into another smell uh, is interesting. Yeah, I think conceptually what we've done here, as I said, when we first spoke a year ago, and I remember sitting in the courtyard garden at the embassy, uh, when you came in and we were having this, this chat and I think your eyes lit up when you're like, Oh, can we have more than one scent mm. in a candle? And I kept thinking, well, I've never considered that question before. And I've never seen a product on the market, which does that. And I remember thinking, wow, this is the beauty of working with somebody who thinks outside the box because you're asking questions which I've never asked and I've never seen anyone answer. So the answer must be, let's have a look. Yeah. So we did. And so I think just on this, what's interesting is we've, most fragrances, well, all fragrances comprise top, middle and base notes. Mm -hmm. And when you design a scent, you design a scent with that in mind. Mm -hmm. So some will, you know, diffuse quicker than others. Um, and every fragrance is typically constructed in that way. What we have here is three different fragrances layered within this candle, poured at different times. So we start with the third chapter on the base. Mm -hmm. We pour that scent. Mm -hmm. We let that set. We pour the second layer. We let that set. We pour the first layer and let that set. And each one of those fragrances is different. They are unique. Mm -hmm. They relate to the concepts we've been talking about in terms of books, in terms of films, in terms of music. Um, and when you light the candle, you've got to travel through time to get to the next layer. So there's you've got to go and make the effort to get there. Mm. Um, but there's an interesting thing because when you melt candles, obviously you light the candle, the wax gets melted, and then slowly by slowly the candle burns off. And then there's a little period of time in these two chapters where chapter one will meet chapter two. Mm. There'll be a little bit of blending yeah. as those two wax pools meet. But thereafter, the chapter one has dissipated mm. and you're then in chapter two. Yeah. And there is a noticeable change in the experience. And I guess what I loved about this brief was... I think we've, I genuinely believe we've done something which hasn't been done before. Yeah, cool. I'm certainly not aware of another candle. It may well be, but I'm not aware of anyone. And they're three incredible concepts which are personal to you. Uh, and, and I think they, I think they're beautiful. Thank you. And, and it came to life through working closer together. And I think that, you know, what you've done with your life is, is incredible, great, incredible, great example of how you can turn a corner and find the thing that you're truly passionate about. And most importantly, 
the positive effect you have on other people's lives. You're, sure. not, you're not ripping people sure. off. You're yeah, not, yeah, you're not yeah, yeah, yeah. selling rubbish. You're actually contributing to people's happiness. Um, and they may not be aware of it, you know, mm. you know but they're mm. actually, you're, you're enhancing people's lives. It's incredible uh, opportunity to meet you and, and to done this collaboration together. It's really cool. I hope people really enjoy this conversation and inspire other people to do, find the thing that they really, really love. Sure. You know, sure. Uh, to search and explore and, you know, turn over stones, try stuff. You know, yeah. you may not get it right away. You're incredibly lucky to get it. Look like you'd got it right away. Um, other people might take several attempts um, and uh, don't get despondent. Uh, keep persevering and um, most important, do the thing that you absolutely love. Mm, mm. Well, Vince, thank you. I mean, it's been amazing to work together. It's taken us about a year to get through these concepts and create. I think it's been worth the wait and I, I think this is good storytelling at its heart. So it's authentic and it's beautiful. So thank you. Right, it's been thank a pleasure you. to meet you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Design Your Life with the Rack and Tour founder, Craig Andrade. For more info on our recent Frost Chapters calendar call-out, head to the website in the episode notes of this podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of Design Your Life. If you'd like to find out more about how you can design your life, head to the website at designyourlife.com.au. If you found this episode inspiring, please don't forget to review and subscribe. If you have any ideas or like to get in touch, we would love to hear from you. Send us an email at hello at frostcollective.com.au.